0: This is Party Wall Pro, the podcast, where surveyors tell you how they first started and how they've grown their business, making it easier for you to get to the top.
1: Hi, hi, and welcome to another edition of Party Wall Pro, the podcast. Um, Today, I'm very excited to have Stuart Birrell with me from Murray Birrell. Um, he's a fellow of the RICS, and uh, forty years into the job, I think, if I'm not mistaken, or over forty years. Um, you are also a member of the uh, London Committee, the PNT Club, and um, so yeah. So we've got a few questions that um, our audience have actually sent through that we're going to go through. But before we start, um, Stuart, how did you how did you get to where you are? Um, give us a bit of a, a background of where you come from and, and how you ended up.
0: It's a long story. It's, uh, it's 43 years now, incidentally. Uh, I got into surveying by complete accident. I left school, had enough of education, worked on building sites. I hurt my back and I went to what used to be called the employment office to sign on. And they told me, you can't sign on until you've applied for jobs. Um, I'd been on a course with John Lang when I was at school, so I said, well, can't be so that. I said, well, you want to be a quantist? no, I don't, but you've asked me to put a name down, so I have. I went for a couple of interviews, didn't like them, and I eventually ended up having an interview with a, something called a building survey, which I'd never actually heard of. And I quite like technical drawing, and that's basically what you did in those days when you started. So I took the job, and uh, mm. the rest is history, really. I qualified in 1982, became a fellow in 1995. Keith and I started our business in 1992, so we're 25 years old now. So, uh, yeah, it's been a long time.
1: So you've seen, yeah, you've seen it all. So, twenty-five years in the business. How um, how's it going? Up-
0: yeah, it's going okay. We, uh, we we've had all gone organic growth. We've never, we're not great businessmen. We're, we're suppliers, basically, like most professionals. You uh, you get promoted out of your comfort zone, don't you? But uh, but we've we've done okay. We're still talking to each other, which is amazing, really. But...
1: <laughs> how did you, how did yeah? So how did you meet Keith and, and, and decided to, to start start?
0: business together. Well, yeah, well, virtually parallel careers. I met him at college in late 70s, and we qualified on the same day. I got him a job where I was working at John Pellings at the time. We became senior surveyors on the same day, associates on the same day, partners on the same day, and eventually we left on the same day. So it's uh, okay. rather boring, really, but yeah, I've known him a long, long time.
1: <laughs> and from from the general surveying into, into party war, because I, I, I'm not sure what the Kind of ratio, party wall to other general building surveyor work you you're doing at Murray Burrell. Um, but how how did you end up developing this specialism?
0: You, you're looking for income streams running a business within within your skill set. It has to be within your skill set, I think. Um, we both of our history, we are we, contract surveyors. Really, that's what we grew up doing. Uh, mainly maintenance and rehabilitation of existing buildings, um, you get involved in party wars when you're doing it. So you start doing it, you learn a little bit, you work with people, you listen, you learn. And yeah, like 15, 20 years ago, it's probably a negligible part of our business. Now it's about 22, 23% roughly. And we do a lot of licences to alter. we still do a lot of construction work. Um, we do dilapidations, we, we do most things that building surveyors do. And, uh, but I've sort of specialised to a greater degree over the last, last 10, 12 years, I suppose, really. Mm.
1: And enjoying it? Yeah, I do.
0: I do. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's less confrontational than doing construction work. So when it amuses me, people say, oh, they're being really difficult. And you, think you, want, you don't know what difficult is, do you? <laughs> people want to punch your head off. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, I do enjoy it. I do, I do enjoy it.
1: Now, that's interesting because uh, more and more people seem to say that that party wall is becoming more conf- confrontational. Do you agree with that or not?
0: Well, uh, I think the general you... behaviour has become more confrontational. I don't think it's just party walls. But as I say, it depends on what you compare it with. I, I, I don't have that many problems to be honest. I think if you go into it to try and try and reach a resolution, you generally will. Um, you have to be reasonable, bit a give and take, and you can normally get there.
1: Have you found yourself in front of someone who's you have no other way of? just being
0: confrontational and... and, and it happens occasionally, um, doesn't happen very often, but you, you've got mechanisms within the act to deal with that when it happens, if you're really, really struggling, and have got a third surveyor I suppose, if you, you go ex parte, if you're really brave, um, you don't have to put up with it do you? You don't want to.
1: Yeah. Is it a personal trait or
0: do you think it's an experience or lack thereof? I think it's a personal trait. Generally speaking, sometimes it's a lack of experience and lack of confidence, and people become aggressive as a result. But generally, that's not the case. I think they're just certain people who, uh, who are that way inclined, aren't they? Good.
1: Okay, so let's let's get into the the uh, the meet. So, um, as as last time as well, I uh, we we went out to our members and asked for uh, people to submit any questions. So fees is something that comes up um, quite a bit. So first, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's a good, good starting point to start with, you know, what, what gives the surveyor the right to recover their fee um, and what constitutes reasonable or unreasonable
0: yeah.
1: fees. Um, so I, 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 sent, I sent Stuart the, um, the, the questions beforehand, so you, you know, i had a chance to think about them. Because, yeah, uh, yeah. well, it, it, you know, you, you, you can deliver more value that way. So, um,
0: Good. Good. So, so, so here we go. Well, if you're instructed to carry out work, you have a right to charge and recover fees, no matter what it is. Um, it's slightly different with party rules because there is a statutory appointment involved as well. So starting with building owner, you have to have a statutory appointment, obviously. I always have a side appointment with it which is a commercial agreement with the building owner because usually building owner's fees don't go in the award um, and you do want some mechanism to to recover your fees if the owner decides he doesn't want to pay them um, i don't really see any difference in that to any other work you carry out i mean i, I have agreements with my clients they we agree the fees and i charge them and by and large they pay us um, but you do have a right, obviously. Um, after Fars Lane, I mean, sorry, let's go back. Pre, before Fars Lane, the the award would usually the adjoining owner fees are paid by the the building owner, not always, but but usually, and but the the debt was owned to the building, the adjoining owner. Um, you had to transfer the debt if you wanted to pursue the fee. Post Fars Lane, the the judge sensibly, whether it's legally, <laughs> absolutely correct, doesn't really matter. It's a, it's a precedent case. Um, you, you you can actually put down that the, the building owner will pay the adjoining owner's fees and you can pursue it and it becomes a simple debt if it's not appealed. Um, you can also put in the building owner's fees into the award if you want. It's not general practice, but it's becoming more so. Um, all I would say, if you're going to do that, I think the adjoining owner should check the building owner's fees in the same way as he's checking adjoining owner's fees. They, they have to be reasonable. Um, if you're going to rely on a statutory instrument, they should be works totally in pursuant of the Act, so if you got involved in doing other advice on it, then that should be charged separately, that shouldn't go in the award in my opinion. Um, but you have an absolute right to to recover your, your reasonable fees. As to what's reasonable, that's uh, a much more difficult question to answer. Um, and it does depend on, on I think, the, the, the type of work you're doing, obviously where in the country you're working does make a difference as well. I don't think fees—they've f- not just got to be correct in—you know—I've spent this amount of hours and that's my hourly rate and that's what it is. I, I think they've got to feel right. I mean, you know, you you get some jobs and they, they just—you look at what you've actually spent and you're like, I can't charge that. It's ridiculous. It's out of all proportion. And I don't think you should. I think it's—it's it's compared to most areas of surveying or building surveying anyway, it's quite lucrative work. Um, I think you can afford to occasionally uh, make it make it feel right as well as be right. Um, I think that's by and large where it goes wrong, you know, you get a, a small domestic job and someone wants to charge thousands and thousands of pounds, it's almost more than the works costing, it's just wrong, it's, it's the sort of thing that brings the act into dis- disrepute. Um, but as to what's reasonable and what's a reasonable hourly rate, um, the government in their, their wisdom got rid of uh, scale fees and used to have a scale where working out an hourly rate, so it's what you can get away with by and large as far well, as I can see. If you're going to charge an enhanced hourly rate, you've got to add value. Um, I mean, it's no point saying, oh, I'm going to charge £250 an hour and you spend just as long as a, an assistant would at about 120 You should do it quicker. You should add value. You, you, you really should should balance out. I was in years ago, the first third survivor, re, I re, referral I ever did was to John Anstey and... I got his hourly rate through, and I mean, it wouldn't sound that high now, but it was astronomic at the time. Oh my god! I mean, what's this going to cost? Uh, warned my point of going to go go for it. Um, yes, his hourly rate was very high. The amount of time it took was negligible. I think he did the whole thing in two and a half hours. And you think, well, the fee was correct, um, despite the fact his hourly rate was probably three times anyone else I'd ever met at the time. But, and, and that's what it's got to be. If you you want to charge the enhanced rate, you've got to add some value. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I I'm not sure everybody does.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, but so the example of an adjoining owner's surveyor is is um, on the ball. He does his job, but the building owner's surveyor is very slow at coming back to you. And yeah. the problem is, is that you know, and he comes back to you after three, four weeks. But during those three, four weeks, you're working on your other yeah. twenty jobs. So you have to go back to your to your file you have to and and that you need to charge for that i
0: guess yes of course you do and when i'm building owner and it happens and it usually happens when they ask for some reasonable information it's not available and it takes weeks when it should have taken days because the building owner is not in a mad rush and you have to accept that's going to happen and and that is a reasonable fee i mean if you 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 incur time through the way your owners behave then yeah fine i mean you that, that that would. Have extra hours, no question about it. I agree with you. The one that really irritates me is when you get building owner surveyors who go in on a fixed fee, and there's no definition really, there's a sort of a, a, an acceptance of what building owner surveyor and joining owner surveyor does as part of the process, but there's nothing written down that says you know the building owner will take the the condition and joining owner will check it and all those things. So they get on a fixed fee and they do next to nothing. Um, and then the joining owner surveyor, in order to get it over the line, ends up doing a lot of work that we, you would normally expect a building artist to to do. Um, it, it, it's 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 wrong, and it's what's wrong with fixed fees. To be honest with you, if you're going to do a fixed fee, it's you lose or draw. You've got to do the job. You can't go in at a fixed fee and then tailor how much time you spend depending on what you're charging. Um, that that's becoming more commonplace. It is becoming more commonplace, and it's worrying. I, I, it would be nice if we could define. Who does what, but I'm not sure that you you really could as you become part of a tribune you're working together, supposedly.
1: Mm, that's actually um it's a good transition to my my second question on the fees, is um what is what is the current trend? Is it is that actually going <clears throat> upwards, downwards? Or is it um sorry, trend, trend in what? Sorry, Philip. Sorry? Trend in what, sorry. Um the, 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 the fees charged. So you you're talking about fixed fees. Are more and more people doing fixed fees for building owner work?
0: Yeah, it does seem to be, especially on domestics. And no, I understand it. If you're you're building a small extension and you get caught in party wall act and you know you, you want to control your costs, um, people people putting in fixed fees. there's nothing wrong with it. I mean it's a completely commercial decision. If you're running a business, you, you choose to do it. Having done it, you just have to accept you've still got to do the job. You you can't. Well, I've got him very low, so I won't do it. I'll, I'll get the adjoining owner to have to do my job for me. Um, it's, it's not completely for It just happens. It's happening more and more. Um, yes, there, there is pressure on fees. There's, there's no restriction on who can be a party wall Anybody apart from the owner himself can be a party wall There's no no definition, criteria, or anything. Um, and as more and more people become involved, you're getting people who are, are not experienced and just see it as a way of making an easy buck, I suppose. Um yeah, it's going to become a bigger problem. I think yeah. we need to find a way of defining what is a competent party surveyor and someone who possibly isn't.
1: Mm. And there's nothing you can do if if you find yourself um, appointed by an adjoining owner and you 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 realise that the building owner's surveyor is on a fixed fee and you know what's coming. Yeah, <laughs> that you can you can determine with well, yeah. the the building owner's surveyor straight up. You know, listen, you got to do. Yeah. This this
0: and that, and don't expect me to start doing your job. You you can do that, and it does help. Um, you end up working with them to get it over the line, because at the end of the day, you have responsibilities to both owners to get things sorted out and get an award in place if there's a dispute. So, you know, you, you have a responsibility. Um, it's just irritating, to be honest, especially then when they can say your fees are too high. Well, they're only too high because you didn't do your job. I mean, that that's... Uh, it hasn't actually happened to me, but I've heard it happen to other people.
1: Yeah, I was going to say this is probably what's what's happening more often now. If if you, as an as an adjoining owner surveyor, have to do all the work, then all of a sudden they listen. You've charged X amount, and this is yeah. far too
0: much. Mm. It is, uh, yeah. It, 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 it's it's a trend. I don't know the answer. It's going to get worse. There's no question about it. I mean, commercial pressures and people undercutting fees is, is bound to cause its own problems. Uh, the government are have been for the last forty years sort of absolutely committed to free market economics, and that's, that's it. You can't can't control fees. Can you? That's what the market will bear. The trouble is when you've got a stat appointment and the rest of it, it it it, it makes it difficult.
1: And with more more and more quote-unquote party wall surveyors out there, it, it is it is bound to go... The fees are bound to go south, right? Yeah, I think they will. No question about it. Except for the very few that are the, the good people recognized and recognised and stuff who can actually... Um, who can ask for higher fees and, and, and therefore stay on, on, on palm. But
0: yeah, that's going to be... I think that... that. Market will become more limited. I think the big developers will use the people they want because the value is in getting it sorted out properly and quickly, as opposed to saving a few hundred pounds. Um, but I do think generally the market yes, there is there will be downward pressure on fees. No, no question about it at all. Mm-hmm.
1: So, conclusion: Don't, don't, <laughs> don't get into the party wall business because it's gonna.
0: Well, <laughs> no, it, it's still. I think it'll still be. Be a profitable business, and, and there's always going to be room for people who are very good at whatever you do. I mean, there is a premium to be charged if you want someone who's really good at it, whatever it is. Um, but no, eventually the market will balance out, which is effectively what the government expected to happen. Unfortunately, quality goes out the window when that happens. Yeah. Um, but there's plenty of people around charging eye-watering fees who don't add value. I mean, uh, So it, it's, it's two sides to the story, really. And everything
1: so that's good because we're, we're, we're going to cover what you know what makes a good party wall survey later on uh, <laughs> before, before we, we get there so second question was, was very specific and it's probably a yes or no answer um, but it's about the, the kind of two months period of a yeah. of, and so the example is a party structure notice with a two months notice period is a subject of a dispute and an award. the award is served before the end of the two months period. Can the building owner carry on with the works or will he still require consent from the adjoining owner to proceed before the two months notice period is complete?
0: Yes, he will. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I would also say though, I mean, two months to get an award out, it, it, it it's doable, but it it, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't happen when the owners don't like each other. They, they they will not respond. They will allow the ten days to run out. So you, you've used a month before you've even got surveyors appointed. Then um, by the time they've decided they won't let you in to do the schedule condition for another fortnight and all the rest of it, you're going to be over two months anyway. And once two months has run, you don't you can start straight away. Um, so I would suggest that if you you had a situation where the dispute was, well, I'd really like an award in place, but we like each other anyway, you, you'll probably get consent. Um, and, and people would do start anyway. And I'm not entirely sure legally other than trying to get an injunction, which is likely to fail, I would guess. But uh, what you can do about it. I mean, at the end of the day, what you should be encouraging neighbours to do is talk to each other and reach agreement. You shouldn't be encouraging disputes. You should be trying to settle disputes when they occur. But also, if they live next door to each other, we're all going to walk away and leave it. They've got to carry on living next door to each other. They, they should be talking. But the okay. short answer is, yes, you would need their consent, I think.
1: How do you encourage that? How do
0: you do that? How do you? Encourage- I almost say what I've just said to you. Look, I'm going to walk away from this. You're going to be living next door to them for the foreseeable future. If they don't fall out, if you don't have it. I mean, yes, there are certain things you might not like and things you might want to negotiate if you can to to reduce the impact on you, but the bottom line of it is they're neighbours, so treat your neighbours as you'd like to be treated as a neighbour, I think. Um, again, it, it, that, that has got worse over the last 20 years. Neighbours are not as neighbourly as they used to be.
1: No. Yeah, it's only it's only going one way, right?
0: Yeah, you can understand it when it's, you know, big developer moves next door is going to make a load of money and making your life a misery, you can understand it. But when it's actually your neighbour who wants to carry out some you know, relatively modest works, like the basements again, I, I understand that. I wouldn't want to live next door to one. But, um, yeah, I, I think tr- try and be reasonable. Try, try and reach a cord with your neighbour. And, mm-hmm. and far too many, there aren't enough notices that are consented, i put it that way. You know, there's this need. jerk oh, oh, let's get survivors. And... Uh, have a dispute, whereas you know you're cutting a beam into a wall to do a roof extension and everything else I mean providing you've got a schedule condition and the neighbor's underwritten your your customer. why why would you dissent really but they do
1: yeah but there's a natural conflict as well for surveyors I'm sorry for saying that but if if an adjoining owner calls you up and says, "I just got this notice you you have a duty to try and push that adjoining owner to consent. Maybe if if it is if it is, I think you
0: have a duty to point out the options. I mean, I, I think at the end of the it, day, it's entirely up to them whether they want to. Mm. Uh, if it was one, I genuinely thought they should consent. I would I would put that to them a bit more strongly and say, why, why are you descending? What are you descending? What are you worried about? And I mean, there are ways to cover most of these things without incurring, you know, literally. Probably thousands of pounds, let alone hundreds of pounds in most cases. Um, so, yeah, I suppose what you're saying is you have a commercial bias, I suppose. I, I, I don't think most good particles would do that. I, I'd like to think most of them would, would point out that really and truthfully you, you could comfortably consent this. It doesn't throw the act away. If you end up in dispute about damage, you can always fall back on it later. Um, yeah, that, 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 that I think is the advice you should give.
1: Yeah. But well, that that takes us that takes us nicely to the, the the next question of of what makes what makes a good party wall surveyor. Um, yeah,
0: I okay, that's a lot of thought actually, because there isn't a definitive answer because you you meet people from all walks of life, and some are good and some are bad. Um, most of the ones I I respect, they they've been good building surveyors. Of all. Construction professionals anyway before they have a grounding in construction they understand how buildings go together so they understand when they get a set of drawings they can read them They can understand the potential ramifications What what's likely to cause a problem what probably can be be comfortably, you know put aside um, So I think that, that that's the first thing I would like to see um, a Good party also there. Yeah, I Think you you Do you need to be qualified? I um, I've met plenty of party war surveyors who aren't qualified who are very competent. I've, one of the worst party war surveyors i ever met was a fellow of the RICS, so there's, there's no absolute on that. I do think though, if you're a member of one of the big construction institutions, you, there's a governance involved. There's a governance covering ethics, uh, conflicts of interest, and that sort of thing that you, you have to abide by. So I suppose, yes, I would, like, I would like people to be members of one of the institutions so that they're, they're covered by the other things outside the Act, if you like. Um, whether you're good at your job or not, there are of appealing that you can appeal awards. If you're not doing party wall award awards, you, know, you get sued by your clients, it happens. But the governance, the way you behave and the way you, you run your business is, is important, I think. And so I think they should be members. At the moment, anyone can do it. Um, beyond that, construction knowledge I've just mentioned understanding of the Act. It's amazing how many people haven't read it. Um, it, should be only, it should be with you. When I ran contracts, I had a copy of the contract on my desk all the time. You should have a copy of the Act, a green book or whatever available. Um, you should keep abreast of case law because it, it changes. There's getting more and more cases taken to court. Um, still not very many.
1: How do you do that? Sorry.
0: Keep how it- do I do that? I I keep, there's a couple of uh, solicitors firms that keep keep blogs of recent cases, I obviously go to a lot of the p and uh, presentations and, and I, uh, I I meet a lot of uh, party wars of socially and uh, it's amazing how often you end up talking about uh, case law, um, but you need to make an effort, I mean it's as simple as that, you've got a lawyer, you don't have to know the whole bits and pieces of it, but there are there are cases recently that have made a difference to the way you should behave. Um, I think it's incumbent upon you as a professional to keep up to date. It's as simple as that, really. Um, beyond that, it's a personality thing. You, if you're reasonable and even-handed, most people would treat you in a like manner. I mean, you've got to be firm when, when you think they're wrong, obviously. But, you know, look to reach agreement. Don't look to cause discord. Don't, don't look to, to create disputes, basically. I mean, I had a situation last year where you know, i got to look this thing through and join the owners of AS and I'm saying, but the owners aren't in dispute. He said, but we are. I said, but that's not what the Act's for. I mean, you know, if the owners aren't in dispute, they've agreed this. I mean, why, why are you getting involved? So it's a question of, of, yeah, it's a personality thing, I think, as well. To so There isn't a, a definition of, you know, that's what a party ball surveyor should be or that's what it wasn't anymore and there is anything else, really. It's a combination of things. But you need that background. You do need the background. And mm. do you do properly?
1: And do you think, do you think this, this statute should have defined a little bit better what a party role surveyor should have been or should
0: kind of... Personally, I, I would have liked it to have defined it as a member of the, 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 the construction institutions. No, not necessarily chartered to qualify, but a member. I mean, so that you're covered by governance. That would at least give, give some, mm. some control over it. Uh, not a lot, but it, it would be you'd have some ways to complain if, if you really thought that someone was behaving badly.
1: And do you think that's um, something that will be put in
0: place eventually? I don't know whether we'll ever get a chance to amend the Act. I mean, it was, you know, a great thing when it was done. The trouble with having an Act of Parliament as opposed to an instrument on the side of one is to change it. You've got to go back to, to the House of Commons and uh, other things on their mind most of the time, especially at the moment. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It would be nice if we, got, we could amend the Act. But there again, you'd, you'd update it and then in a few years' time things would happen that you didn't foresee um, and you'd want to change it again. I mean, so, so I doubt it. It's the truth of the matter.
1: Mm-hmm. So, okay, and education then, obviously, for part of that. So keeping keeping updated, um, yeah. case law, and so let us let, go let's go to the, the, the training training part then, um, because a lot of people have actually asked about about training. And so your views on current training for surveyors who want to educate themselves on um, on the application interpretation of the Party Rule Act. Is is current training available um, adequate?
0: Uh, there there, is, there isn't a great deal of actual training, official training. You don't have to train. You just call yourself party around and do it. Um, at the PNT, we 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 have guidance notes, but that's all they are. They're guidance notes. I mean, I don't absolutely agree with everything that's written in them, but they're, they're a way to say this is the way we believe you should should interpret the act. They're available to read, and it's amazing how many people don't. Uh, we run in London, we run about 10 that we this year, sort of evening presentations on various aspects. We we've, we've recently polled the membership to see what they're interested in hearing about, so we do that. You've got to be prepared to read. You've got to be prepared to do a bit of effort, especially with case law, because it's it's largely on the solicitors' websites. Uh, website, so you've got to go look for it. Um, there's been a couple of recent books written on the Act by lawyers worth reading because you know, eventually you'll end up involved with them, and you do need to understand how they think about it. Completely different the way surveyors do, by and large. Um, they're a, they're, they're obviously they're their advocates, but they also uh, read things literally, whereas surveyors interpret. Well, that's not really what it meant, and that's. Probably what we're trying to do, and that's a reasonable thing. You'll find a lawyer, depending on which side he's on, will simply take the literal view if it suits him, and the other one if it doesn't. Um, you need to understand that, and you need to have some basic understanding of how it works. Is the training good enough? It, it is if you've come through as a, a, an experienced surveyor, I think. You know, you, you're, you're getting bold, and in take easy ones when you start. I mean, you, you should never take on a job that you're not sure you can do. So if you've not experienced party wars, you know, don't take on a basement for argument. For it's going to end up going to be messy, and if you're not experienced and you're not up to date with everything, you're going to struggle. But you know, you get a small domestic extension, whatever else, the actual process is the same, but the argument's up and get used to doing it and sort of learn on the job. Um, hopefully, you, you won't be on your own, you'll be working in a, in a company where there are other experienced surveyors around who can guide you. That, that's probably the best way to learn of a good, good surveyor. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think it, it works to a degree, providing that you you are you have that basic background. If you're coming in cold and you've got no surveying experience at all, um, I don't know how you learn how to do it. To be honest with you, really, if you ever could, take, take, you'd have to go go backwards and, and do loads of things that aren't directly involved. So I think it's a strange question, really. Um, <laughs> but it's I, I think it's
1: probably coming from a there's, there's a lot of theory um, to it, and, and I don't know if, if, are there any practical practical kind of training sessions and, and that are a bit more hands-on, I don't, I don't know,
0: obviously. Um, well, I think in, in, in companies it happens, I mean we, I, I have junior staff that work with me and, and I make an effort to train them, I don't just say go and do that, I explain why, I explain what needs to be done. I, Advice them to, to do the background reading. I, I quiz them about it. I mean, I, I train them. I have a responsibility to train my juniors, and I do. And I'm sure most of the other practices do the same. And that's the best way to learn, basically. Mm. But but as for training outside it, if you were on your own, well, really shouldn't be doing it. Quite honestly. Yeah. You mentioned the
1: guidelines. Um, it's interesting because someone asked a specific question. Um, do you feel the uh, PNT guidelines accurately reflect the process and methods in use at the moment, i.e., are they actually updated?
0: Uh- they are updated constantly, actually, and we have loads of arguments about what should be in it, because they are a matter of opinion, a lot of these things. I mean, they're, they're, you know, there's a real lack of precedent legal cases on the Act. Um, but, yeah, they are, I can absolutely guarantee you they are updated all the time. They are looked at all the time. The reason it takes a long time to come out is because we take a long time to agree what we want to say, um, basically. Magic. I mean, we've just redone the one on security for expenses, which I agree with the principle. I'm not sure that would stand up in court. We'll have to wait and see um, because the Act doesn't define it at all. But we made a stand, and so that's what we think should should include um, because otherwise, you, you, you can have the building owners to ransom otherwise, which I, I think is, will happen and we'll, we'll see. Probably a big London case with the basement, I would guess. Yep. Then we'll see what happens. But uh, no, they, they are constantly updated. Um, mm. when, so I don't agree with everything that's in all of them, and I don't suppose anybody does. So if, if that's what the, the question was about, then they're in good company. But like, they are updated regularly.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, yeah, security for expenses is something that
0: I might have to cover eventually.
1: No yeah, I,
0: it's a It needs a case, actually, to be honest with you. I mean, we would be lovely to get a to get a, a precedent judge to say that's reasonable and that's not what it should include. I think we will be very lucky to get that. But at the moment, it could, it could include anything theoretically. It just says you can request security of expenses. And for dispute that surveyors can decide. The danger is, of course, that you decide on a limited basis that someone loses money and decides to sue you because you didn't exclude things they should have been included. I, I, i hope I'm not on the receiving end of that when it happens. Yeah. But you very rarely use money from security expenses. So I have done it, but it's it's interesting when you talk to experienced surveyors that how rarely do you ever have to draw on the money. And almost never for what it was actually originally intended for. It's it's usually there's a bit of damage that's occurred and you've got the money there so you use it to get it done, but um you know, it's it's, it's in there for different reasons usually.
1: Mm-hmm. And to conclude, what um how do you see the um the market behaving the next twelve months with everything coming our way, and have you have you felt a difference already? Can you can you can you see? Yeah,
0: I mean, in plain terms, the vast majority of what building suppliers do require somebody to do a building project. Um, dilapidation is probably the only major area that doesn't. But otherwise, someone's got to decide to build something, and there's no two ways about it. The activity has, has slowed. Um, our licences to ultra slowed in central London. Um, Party walls is probably about even, actually, but that's we've been trying a bit harder to, to, to get the work. Um, Brexit has made an uncertainty, uh, especially the way they're carrying on about doing it. Um, I think the um, the changes to, to stamp duty made an enormous difference in central London, certainly, and slowed people down. That eventually worked its way through; people will get used to it. Um, so I would guess I would, it's going to be going to be an interesting year. I mean, we're, we're budgeting to do worse this year than we did last year. Put it that way, right. and we, we, we've cut our cloth accordingly. But, um, mm. so, and if we get lucky, fantastic. but I, I don't think we will. I think we'll, we'll probably be 10 percent down. I would guess on turnover. Right. Okay.
1: So, but party wall itself. Normally, when people don't buy or sell, they tend to extend. So. Yeah,
0: that, that would be generally, but that, that seems to have slowed down a bit, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't know. Um, I think everyone's just sitting on their hands waiting to, to see what happens. It becomes, you know, you know, every time you talk to someone, oh, I'm not quite sure, there's uncertainty. And so it, it breeds uncertainty. We need a boost of confidence, I mean, and we certainly haven't got that at the moment, have you? I mean, it's almost got to decide you don't want to read the papers. It's just depressing, isn't it? <laughs> What are we going to do? I don't mind. what Just do it, for God's sake. I mean, so uh, we'll get on with it. But uh, I think we've got a few months of that to go. What is it February? Isn't it? Well, that's bound to get extended, I would guess. So we've probably got another year's uncertainty coming up.
1: Yeah, uh, we'll see. Well, Stuart, thank you very much. Last question. Yeah. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this. Um I did. Last, last <laughs> question, who do you who do you think I should um, I should interview next?
0: Who have you interviewed so far? Oh. Particular. Have you interviewed Michael Cooper? I have. Yes. You have. So you might have. He's quite opinionated.
1: Um, yeah. we <laughs> Didn't actually cover cover much. It was more about about the, you know, about him and uh, and and his life and. Yeah. Maybe I should get him back on to just try to, to, to get into more more. No, he's,
0: he's he's quite good value actually. Uh, mm. I if you wanted to who else So, oh, gosh you've done Andy Schofield he's another one um, I assume you've done Alistair and, and Graham North yeah Graham
1: North no I haven't I haven't done Graham North yet
0: it'll be interesting with Graham because he, he was the heir to Anstey I mean it's and mm. he, he, he's yeah he has a slightly more relaxed view than a lot of players nowadays so yeah I think he'd be a good one yeah. I think you should do him anyway because of, of who he is basically
1: I'll do that I'll try to reach out to him yet again <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, he's not good at coming back
1: to you. I grant you that. He's very slow. <laughs> well, Stuart, thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. You. Thank you. Cheers.